What do you do when you have been fighting fear for so long that you're left feeling war-torn and gun-shy? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we're tackling the fear question again. And I love the angle that the listener writing in is taking on this. Because I think if you've listened to my show, in fact, I think if you go back to my show just two weeks ago, you're going to hear an episode where I said how to feel the fear and do it anyway. And then I think the very next episode is how to use your fear for success. So there's a lot of mindset people out there, a lot of personal development people out there, including myself, who kind of talk the talk around fear about putting yourself out there, feel it, do it anyway, go to like war with your fear. One of the quotes that I like to say in my business actually is you can't kumbaya your way through fear. You have to go to war. So this messaging is out out there. But what happens when we're telling people constantly to suck it up, to go do the thing that you want to do and don't worry about it, but you, they just end up going to battle over and over again. So they've got battle scars and they've been bruised and they've fallen and they've gotten back up and they've fallen and they've gotten back up. Is the next answer really to keep feeling the fear and do it anyway? This listener question makes me think not so much, so let's just dive into her question and then I'll give my two cents on the other side. Hi, Heather. I have a question for you that maybe others wonder about too, so perhaps a podcast topic. I'm starting to get really tired of all of the messages out there about fear being a four-letter word and fear the thing but do it anyway. <laughs> that was my advice just two weeks ago. And how all the stories you made up can, can't happen, aren't real, and probably won't happen, so don't let them stop you. You know the whole eat fear for breakfast. But what do you do if you keep pushing through and keep doing the things you fear and that take you outside your comfort zone? And guess what happens? Those things that everybody says and are all in your mind and never would happen, they do happen. I know conventional wisdom today would say it doesn't matter. Dust yourself off, do it again, fail fast, fail often, and fail forward, right? One might say that I'm choosing the wrong fears to push through. Some you stomp and some you need to heed, but I feel like I'm losing discernment at this point. After so many, it won't come true, but it did experiences to know. I should say that I actually don't regret any of them. I've learned and gained something valuable each time, so maybe there really isn't a problem after all. It's just that I'm starting to feel a sense of being gun-shy that up until now I've never felt. I might be getting to the end of my ability to sustain the blows, and that really worries me. I want to be a risk taker and a forward mover, but geez, it's not turning me into a Zen river rock who's been smoothed by the flow of the water, more like a jagged rubble from an explosion. I just saw another one of those get your warrior gear on and be a badass messages, and the reaction I had to it was to just want to shout, stop it, enough. Force isn't the way, but what is the way? Thanks for listening. Glad your move is done and hope you're enjoying your new home. Oh my goodness. I am so glad you reached out with this question. I love it. And I think that you honed on to a really important piece that a lot of the messaging around managing fear misses. You have to 
learn to live with fear, right? I think that's actually the question that you're asking me. How do you, when you're choosing a life that is going to involve constant risk, it's going to involve repeatedly putting yourself out there, being vulnerable to the opinions of others, asking for sales and hearing a no, telling people what you want to have, like what you offer and having them say thanks, but no thanks. That's what we're asking of ourselves when we choose these kinds of daring greatly lives. That's what you're challenging yourself with. And so obviously, if you keep fighting, if you keep going to war, of course you're going to be tired. That makes so much sense to me. And I agree with you that there's no room in the public conversation for this, what to do when you're just freaking tired. So I want to give you a little bit of a lens that I use with my clients when I'm working on this because I absolutely agree with you, even though I'm part of the problem, even though some of my messaging absolutely is, you know, you're going to feel fear, so go and do it anyway. There's another part of my messaging that I don't always say out loud, and I'm really glad that your question gives me an opportunity to clarify and to put it out into the universe. The only way I know how to give this example actually is with real life examples. Because before I did business mindset, I was a therapist for 10 years. And this particular example would come up regularly, probably every month or so in my office at some point. But it's the whole broken heart syndrome. When you have been wrecked by a relationship that didn't work out, you thought your life was going to go in a certain direction. You thought the ending to your story was going to look radically different. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, someone has changed their mind about you or you have changed your mind about them and you are just broken. And then you heal yourself and you put yourself back together. And then suddenly you start thinking about, well, should I date again? Should I go and put myself out there again? And what if I get my heart broken again? And I don't, I don't really know that I could ever survive this one more time. This like nearly did me in. And one of the things that I realized that I would say to those folks that I never really say here is I never said to them when they were afraid of getting their hearts broken, go feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> like as I hear myself say that out loud, it just sounds so absurd, right? Because the fear and the longing is real and the heartache is real and the injury to our souls and our spirits is so real. And why should we assume that's any different when it comes to business? Everybody likes to say business isn't personal, but yeah, when you want it as much as I do, at least I know I want it a lot. And as much as I know, you know, the people listening to the show and my clients want, it is incredibly personal. And yes, you have, you're going to be afraid of getting hurt again. And yes, you're going to be brokenhearted. And you can't just be like, yeah, you might get your heart broken, but go head out, <laughs> go out and date and see what happens next. It doesn't work, right? So the thing that I used to teach and my, you know, in my private practice, and I do this with my one-on-one -on -one work, is this idea that I would say to somebody who is ready to put themselves out there, who is ready to date again, to say, you can't go out there. You can't put yourself out there until you're willing to have your heart broken again, because there is no guarantee that your next first date is going to be your last first date or your next first kiss 
is going to be your last first kiss. So if you're hurt, if you're broken, if you're feeling fragile, no, don't go out there yet. Because you have to recognize that there are no guarantees with what comes next. We hope your heart doesn't get broken. We hope that you learn the lessons from this relationship. We hope you attend to your needs better. We hope you deal with conflict more effectively. That when something isn't working, you say it out loud. That you have the hard conversations because we just realized all of the ways your last relationship went awry. We don't want you to repeat those mistakes but you might end up finding new mistakes to make with a new person because it changes the pattern. So unless you're ready to do that, don't go out there just yet. I'm wondering how the story of managing fear changes and shifts if we give ourselves permission to first of all say, no, not right now, thanks. I know I did that personally in the middle of my move that you mentioned. Thanks so much for bringing that up and reminding me. Like It's a good reminder for me of how far I've come and how I took care of myself in that situation. But like I didn't do any risk-taking in my business. It was like status quo baby for months. I didn't put myself out there. I didn't try anything new um, because I was terrified in my personal life. I had so much going on in my personal life that there was no way that I could take a risk in my business life. I didn't have the energy. So the first thing that I encourage clients that I work with one-on-one to do is to say, does your life have room for this right now? Sure, you know as the boss, sure you know as the business owner that this has to get done and business isn't personal and you're not going to make money unless you do this one thing. But if you don't have the bandwidth for it, or if your personal life is in so much disarray that you can't imagine also being vulnerable in your business, then like I think you have to give yourself permission to just not to do whatever you need to do to get ready unless you've decided that the thing you want you don't want anymore the answer is always going to be get yourself ready for a new battle but i think we can approach it differently and i think we can approach it more sensitively to your experience and what i hear in this question is that there's just a lack of sensitivity to the human experience so the first thing we absolutely want you to do is to catch your breath to get your reserves to you know i did an episode just last week on self-care. It might be worth going back and having a listen to if you haven't checked that out yet, but to fill your gas tank up so that you're taking care of yourself, you're nurturing your body, you're nurturing your soul, you're nurturing yourself, and you're just taking care of yourself. And once you catch your breath, once you fill your gas tank, I would ask that you do a gut check with yourself. Do you still want it? Because if you do want it, then dealing with the fear or dealing with risk and dealing with vulnerability really is going to be non-negotiable. But you want to get yourself ready by getting yourself in the driver's seat of that choice, by putting yourself in this place where you have control and ownership over what happens. So now that you know that the worst thing that you've been afraid of really can happen and that you can put your biggest wish out to the universe and the universe is going to say no, do you still want it? It's okay if the answer's no. 
It's okay if you've decided, uh, actually, no, not so much. I did that with an entire business. When I was building my practice and I was perceiving that burnout was coming, I tried to develop a parent coaching business as a, like an additional arm of my private practice. And it wasn't working and it was a lot of effort going nowhere. I didn't get a single sale from it. And then when I was pushing and pushing and pushing, I finally stopped and asked myself, like, do, do you care enough about this? Do you want this? And I realized, like very quickly and immediately. No, I didn't. And I shut it all down, you know, right away. So you have to do that gut check. But then here's the next piece that I don't think people talk about. And this is why you keep repeatedly feeling like the rug has been pulled out from under you, why you keep feeling wrecked by this. Because you're right. The reason why we're afraid, especially savvy business owners, they very well likely know what's going to happen and how things are going to go. So the things you're nervous about, the things you're afraid of very well might likely happen and they might leave you wrecked and they might leave you discouraged and broken. So given that you know that, what's your plan? That's the reason why the rug gets swept. That's why we feel like we've been upended and the feet have been pulled out from under us is because if people say feel the fear and do it anyway, um, you know, if they just say like, keep on, brush yourself up, fail fast, fail forward, there's no plan for what happens when it all goes wrong. And I feel way more power and control of my situation, of my destiny, if you want to call it that, when I know what I'm going to do if it doesn't work out. I do this again all the time in my private practice. I just worked with an old client of mine who came back for kind of a refresher session and we were talking about her fragmented relationship with her parents and I'm encouraging her to reach out to her dad and I didn't say like yeah he might reject you yeah he might ignore you yeah he might like make fun of you but just go and do it anyway I said you have to prepare yourself for the inevitability that he may not engage with you at this time. So that's what I would want you to do in business too. Prepare yourself for the inevitability that you might not get what you want. What are you going to do? And now that I like use that frame for myself in my own business to sort of say, hey, I might put this offer out there and I might get goose eggs or I might try this like wackadoo idea and people are going to roll their eyes and make fun of me. Or lately what's been happening is I might put my content out there and someone might steal it from me and copy it and take it as my own. Given that I know that that might happen, given that I know that it can happen, what do I want to do? So in the past couple of months, I've found several examples of people copying my podcast topics, people copying my answers. Um, somebody has um, sent me a link to someone else's podcast who's saying very similar things that I am to the point where it almost sounds like um, they listen to my episodes and then have a show of their own. Um and I had to decide for myself, who do I want to be and how do I want to move through the world, right? So I had to decide what my plan is going to be because as I put myself out there, as I do my own daring greatly, yes, people are going to want a piece of the pie. Yes, people are going to want to take the fast track and they think that if Heather Gray is getting a lot of attention stay, saying X, Y, and Z, well, then I'll get a lot of attention saying X, Y, and Z and they forget the important part of having an original thought. So this stuff might happen, 
to the best of your ability, plan for it. What are you going to do if this happens? If you put off it, put out an offer and you don't make money, if you spend a ton of time working on something and it doesn't pay you back, if you say something kind of provocative on social media and you end up with a bunch of haters, if you have the really hard conversation with somebody and they turn it on you and they make it all about what you didn't do and what you said and how you move through the world and all of that, whatever you're afraid of, the first thing I need you to do is to make sure you have the reserves to deal with it and fight with it. And if you don't, don't fight it. (laughs) The second thing I would ask you to do is do a gut check and remind yourself that you have control over this. Now that you know this can happen, do you still want it? And then lastly, if you're going to choose it, if you're going to move forward, what's the game plan if it doesn't work out? You want to feel capable. You want to feel prepared. And I think a lot of times people don't like the idea of talking about a game plan if it doesn't work out because it feels pessimistic. It certainly doesn't sound as badass as feel the fear and do it anyway. But the other piece too is I think people don't know how to do that part. So I would encourage you to figure out how you can do that part. How can you prepare for what's going to go wrong so even though you don't want it to go wrong, even though you want it to be a success, you feel capable of managing it. And then the last piece I would just to wrap this up with, again, I want you to like use the relationship analogy that I used at the start of this discussion, is I want you to look at all the failures, all the mistakes, all the missteps, and what did you learn from it? Why did it happen? Were there moments where you should have spoken up and you didn't? Were there moments where you had an idea, but you edited? (coughs) Excuse me. Jeepers, coughing on the podcast again. That's going to get me at least two more emails. But like, are you... um when you look at like what you've learned and what you've taken away from this experience for yourself, are there missteps? Are there times when you should have advocated for yourself and you didn't? Did you bite off more than you could chew? Look at your history. Look at what you've learned and then you make yourself the solemn promise that you'll never do that again. You're never going to not speak up. You're never going to not take the risk when you know the reward or whatever it is where you feel you have really led yourself astray. So for example, with me, when I look at, and I take full ownership over this, when I look at my private practice and why it didn't work, I didn't move through that work as authentically me as I could have. I didn't fire clients who weren't doing the work and I didn't really tell people everything that I thought because I thought the therapy police would come after me. The other piece I didn't do is I wasn't honest with people. Like I was so guarded about my own boundaries, about who I was and how I moved through the world that I didn't share enough about myself. So then I didn't feel visible. And I think that that's, you know, one of the tenets in um, social work, especially in clinical um, therapy and private practice for sure. But I also think I could have used a little leeway with that. I could have found my own style and my own brand and been really more genuine to who I am and what I think. And I would have lasted longer in the field had I done those things. So now in this business, if I find myself chewing on something instead of saying it out loud, if I find my 
myself, you know, phoning it in or going halfway or playing it safe with people so as to not disrupt the apple cart. I remind myself that that ended up with a business I needed to close because it made me so miserable to do. I never want to do that to myself again. So I made a solemn promise to myself that I'm going to show up authentically, even if that means keeping a coffin to a podcast, even if it means telling people about really vulnerable personal things, because not doing that didn't work for me. So figuring out what didn't work and giving yourself permission to never do that again. I absolutely love the discussion you started here. I hope you're hearing that yours is an important voice in this conversation. I hope that the additional information that I gave you kind of helps um, flush out the picture, keeps it less black and white and adds some color to it. But I think your question was dynamite and something that everybody needs to consider going forward. So thank you so much for adding this to the discussion. If anybody wants my two cents on your problems, certainly keep the questions coming. The best questions make for the best pod. You can always find me over at heather at choose to have it all.com. Thanks so much. Bye for now.